did they do it? How did they do it? You're listening to the How Did They Do It podcast with Kostas Panayotou. Welcome to How Did They Do It, the podcast where you can join me in conversations with inspirational individuals who found their freedom and purpose by doing what they love doing most. Well, during that uh, lockdown period, you know, not everything was uh, rosy, obviously, but some good opportunities arose, and one of them was we started to get to know each other better on the internet and on Facebook, right? So that's how I got to know Rose Knox. And when she invited me to one of her groups, Unmosh Her Mind, where she was talking about um, her love and passion for heavy metal music and her frustration at the time of um, the fact that there were not uh, many, or <laughs> there weren't any heavy metal gigs going around because they weren't allowed. And um, how important it was for her and for many other people, like her. as a metalhead, of course, I joined um, to her group and, and I, as I share the same passion for heavy metal. But soon I also discovered her passion for something else, for hypnotherapy. And so I started to follow Rose and her um, hypnotherapy talks and demonstrations that she does uh, regularly on her Facebook group. And that's how the idea arose uh, for me to interview her for this podcast. As you will hear in the uh, 55 or so minutes that follow, uh, Rose is a passionate speaker about both these topics, heavy metal and hypnotherapy. And uh, who knows, I might even be uh, talk about a combination of the two, if you um, listen all the way to the end. Um, but um, you will hear uh, how she's uh, using hypnotherapy to help people, not just with quite straightforward, simple problems, uh, but also with more complex uh, mindset issues, and how uh, hypnotherapy can be such a powerful tool to help people fulfill the potential. So uh, I have no doubt you're going to enjoy this conversation with a very passionate uh, person speaking lovingly about the things you love doing most. And hey, isn't that what this podcast is all about? So here's Rose Knox for you. Hello, good evening, Rose. How are Hello, you? Hello, Costas. I'm really good, thank you. Really well, excited good. to be here talking to you. I was just going to say the same, but I'm really excited to have you, to have you here talking to me tonight. So thank you uh, for coming to the show. Um, now, now, I first met you from what I remember from, um, it was a metal group, isn't that here, right? Was it Unmosh Your, um, was your Mind? Unmosh Your Mind. Unmosh Your Mind, yeah, that's the Unmosh one. But mind. I remember at the time, because we were in lockdown and there was not much going on, and, and you were talking about, about ah, I want to go to gigs again, you know, that sort of thing. So I guess my first question for you is, I know you are, your hypnotherapist, we'll go to that later, but I know you're also a metalhead. So I want to start really with, with the metal side of things, as I'm a metalhead too. Uh, so tell me a bit more about <laughs> sort of, um, yeah, how, how, I mean, how important is metal music to your life? Clearly it is very important. Metal is life. Lots of people would think that, um, metal fans. I didn't discover metal till I was in my mid-20s, actually. I I started really? off, yeah, I started off loving um, Celtic folk stuff and Mike Oldfield and that sort of thing. Um, and then with the joys of MTV and Scuzz and uh, Kerrang, we had that, and just used to sit and watch all the music channels. Um, my husband's always been a massive rock and metal fan, and we just got hooked on all the metal music. Um, and one particular time, this song came on. Now, this song is by a band called Nightwish. And I absolutely fell in love, head over heels in love with a song called Nemo by Nightwish. 
And that was it. I was hooked on symphonic metal um, as much as then my our tastes growing into other sorts of metal and getting heavier and heavier and rock and metal and all that sort of thing. So there are several bands that we just absolutely love and our tastes have grown and they're diverse into all sorts of different types of rock and metal. So yeah, metal music for me has always been, I think since then, a form of escapism in a way where the lyrics in metal, they're different to what you would find in pop music. Completely, oh, yeah, completely different to what you would be, I'll say, subjected to listening to on the radio. You turn on the radio and you just listen to whatever song is playing and not really consciously think about it. But with metal, the lyrics are so deep and so profound. Um of course, with the death metal and the doom metal, it's a lot of screaming and you perhaps can't understand what they're singing about. But not all metal is death and doom. Some of it is a lot more gentle and you can understand what they're actually singing about. And I just found this knowing inside the lyrics, like the person who wrote the songs had this deep core understanding of your emotions and no matter what you're thinking or feeling or going through at the time, you can find a metal song that will that will answer your questions, that will talk to you. And it makes you feel like there's someone there that completely understands what you're going through. And a lot of the time we can't express how we're feeling. We don't have the words to express how we're feeling and what's going on inside us. But there's always a metal song that you can play and you'll be sitting there listening or singing away or whatever. And you're like, yes, they've actually managed to capture and put into words exactly how I'm feeling. And I just love how it's actually very relaxing to yeah. be able to listen to metal music. If you are in a rage or angry or upset about something, you can really just go for it and headbang headbang those emotions out or you can just sit and listen to the lyrics and feel that connection with what they're singing about so yeah that that's why for me I find metal music in particularly really special because the lyrics hit you so deep they're so profound yeah and I think you touched on an important point there regarding metal music which as I said earlier I'm also obviously someone to metal I even write music and metal music but yeah, there's that perception, isn't it? Oh, it's all aggressive sort of people and, uh, you know, we listen to it and are angry. We are not aggressive and angry at all. I mean, I find when I go to metal gigs, there's quite a feeling of loyalty, like a, a feeling of sticking together, you know, really brotherhood, is. sisterhood, whatever you want to call it, right? Which I don't see, for instance, when I go to a techno rave or something where everyone is with their own drugs of, in their own individual booth, almost like tripping out all by themselves. But metal is a more of a social thing, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I find, I absolutely love going to live gigs. Absolutely love it. It's my absolute number one form of self-care. And I've really missed that the last couple of years, just being able to go and feel that connection with the rest of the fans. There's this indescribable energy being around that many people whether it's a festival or an indoor arena being around that many people who are all there for the same reason 
to worship their gods that are on stage, you know, and, and it is a church of choice. It's a form of worship, a collective worship, all being there. And there is this indescribable energy you get from being around people who you know. When you're a metalhead, you just know that these people are like-minded, especially when you're seeing one particular band. It's a little bit different at a festival because, you know, you're there to see lots of different bands. But if everybody's there to see one specific band, all those thousands of people know all the songs, every note, all the lyrics. So there is this just indescribable feeling of, of collectiveness with all these people. You're all there for the same reason. And this, yeah, it's just, it's absolutely exhilarating. Absolutely exhilarating. There's nothing else quite like it, I don't think. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? I, I can see your passion there and I can feel it myself because, I, you know, when I'm going to gigs, I feel exactly what you're describing. Mm. Even though I don't think I can quite put it into words the way that you are doing. Um, and, and speaking about how you put things into words, you, you made the post earlier on social media. I was a bit intrigued about the way you describe metalheads. Like you mentioned like emotive, empath empathic, deep thinking, open-minded, kind with a big scoop of fuck you. Yeah. Well, does that describe Rose as well? Is that how you are? <laughs> I think it does, actually. The, the, the fuck you bit is, is we're rebels, really. We want mm. to be individuals. We want to be different especially those of us who love wearing black and our band t-shirts, you know, in normal society, you'd walk down the street. If you saw a couple of Gothic metalheads, you'd probably think they were scary, dangerous people. But from my understanding, and a lot of my closest, closest friends are also metalheads. We're actually, we're pussycats. <laughs> we, we, because we've got this connection with the lyrics of the music, we are deep thinkers. We understand other people's emotions, how it feels to be perhaps the underdog, the misfits of society, whether that's growing up as teenagers, stuck in your bedroom, all alone. All you've got is your best friend, which is the band. And your best friend, which is the band, knows everything about you because they're speaking to you through these lyrics. And we love that. And, and we're we're really kind-hearted, gentle people at the core with, with a deep subconscious knowledge and understanding of the world and our own thoughts, feelings and emotions that perhaps some other people don't quite resonate with who, like we were saying earlier, just listen to whatever song's on the radio. They yeah. don't think deeply enough about what they're listening to. Yeah. Yeah, as Whereas metalheads, I find, do. They do, yeah. And um, and, I, and I think I, I agree with you in the sense that um, I guess if you're a metalhead, you have to do some research, isn't it? It's not like you say, you don't just hear the your favourite music on the radio. So generally we are people who are just thinking about things, we're looking for things, we're searching for things. And because of that, that attracts people who are perhaps a little bit more looking for some more depth in life rather than mm -hmm. I'll just take what is being offered. You know, I'm not happy with that. I want a bit more. I want to find the ideal sound. I mean, I remember when I got into metal, I was looking for some, I mean, I was seeing, I, I was listening to classical music at the time, but I was attracted to the more extreme classical music that was quite noisy and making mm -hmm. a lot of volume. And I was almost like looking for more stuff with volume, with intensity. And that's there's how I got definite, into metal. There's a definite connection between classical music and 
and metal. Um, especially symphonic metal or bands who have a full orchestra on stage with, with them from time to time. Metal, I mean, if, if Mozart had electricity at the time, he would be producing metal music right now. I have no doubt. So there's definitely a massive connection between classical music and metal. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree with you, totally. Um, so, I mean, that is your big passion and everyone can hear that you're passionate about heavy metal. Now, your other big passion is hypnotherapy. Jeez. And um, obviously you were not born as a hypnotherapist, you, you became one. I'm just really curious to hear a bit more about your journey. In the, it was there something similar, like when you heard Nightwish and you thought, that's it, and then you got into metal. Was it one particular event or something that drew you to hypnotherapy? Yeah, quite similar actually. And then again, another epiphany where I managed to really think about how you could draw them both together. So I wasn't always a positive, happy person. Um, I used to be so anxious, I couldn't even go to the supermarket on my own. Um, and I tried the usual things like ignoring it and alcohol and even Jesus, um, but didn't find any answers. But I knew, I just knew that there was more, there was something else to discover. Um, and I went to see a hypnotherapist. I didn't know anything about hypnotherapy other than the stuff you see on stage where, you know, you get to made to do stupid things, that sort of thing. I didn't know much about hypnotherapy. Cackling like a chicken, like was the Cackling first like thing that people think of. Exactly. So I went completely open-minded because that's the, just the way I am, you know, just wondering what, what it was like. And I found it so amazing to be shown for myself what the fuck was going on in my brain so often we, we're, we're pushing these emotions of anxiousness away we're trying to ignore it we're trying to cover it up with you know like I said drink drugs sex shopping whatever it is we're trying to put a sticky plaster over our feelings all the time covering them up but I wanted to discover what what was going on what was the reason behind my anxiety so through hypnotherapy, I discovered deep thought processes that had been programmed into my mind from an early age, from events that had happened in my life that had created these limiting beliefs I had about myself. Mm. And through the hypnotherapy, I was able to discover that, that just because that's the way I'd always been didn't mean I had to stay like it. It wasn't just a case of this is how I was brought up, so that's who I am. This is the hand life has dealt me, so that's, that's my lot, tough. No, I discovered that through our own thoughts, feelings and emotions, we could choose and decide which path we wanted to take in life. And I just found that so incredible that I decided to study how to do it myself so that I could then help others with this amazing tool to discover from themselves what they could be capable of and not just put up with what life had thrown their way, but actually create meaning and purpose and direction and drive and passion and motivation and confidence and self-esteem and all that gorgeous, juicy stuff for themselves to go on and be able to then create the life they want. That, that's absolutely amazing to hear. And I love what you said in the beginning where you said um, 
just because you've been in a certain way up up to now doesn't mean that you need mm-hmm. to be like that in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a mistake that a lot of people are making. It's almost like there's the idea that the past is determining your present and your future. Right. Actually, it doesn't, because even if you've done everything wrong in the past, today you can choose to do it differently, right? You can, you can go in a different direction. You can take matters into your hand and actually choose a life that you want. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. I think a lot of the time we don't realise our own capabilities that are deeply embedded within us still, but we don't know how to access them. We don't know how to unleash our true potential, as it were, um, or, or, or what tool would help do that. And that's how I've discovered hypnotherapy is just the most amazing tool to be able to do that because everything we think, everything we do, everything we believe about ourselves is within our subconscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we can decide for ourselves, you know, consciously, right, I'm not going to behave that way today or I can do this today. And we just fall back into our old patterns and our old ways time and time again. And it gets absolutely exhausting, wondering, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? How come everyone else can do that and I can't? There must be something wrong with me. I must be broken. But we're not. Everything's going on in your subconscious. And hypnotherapy is just the most beautiful, gentle, easy way. No chickens involved whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) to be able to discover what's going on in your mind and ask your mind to be able to help you to do it. Nine times out of 10, your mind wants to help you. It wants you to be happy. It wants you to be confident and successful. And it's on your side to actually assist you in doing that and changing your thought processes. Just need someone there to ask the right questions and tweak the right bits. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I agree with you. I would actually say that my probably always wants to help you. It's just sometimes it doesn't because it does it in the wrong ways. And I mean, Mm -hmm. unconsciously, you might be doing things that are actually harmful, but Behind that, there is always an intention to to protect you. Like, for instance, if you... It's always for protection. And and to keep us in that comfort zone because it knows what's going to happen. So the mind doesn't like being uncomfortable. It doesn't like the unknown. And because changing your thought processes and, and how you're going to behave is unknown, that's why we keep slipping back into, even if it's uncomfortable, doing what it knows. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, that's exactly it. And there's sometimes a bit of a disconnect, isn't there, between the your subconscious and, and your conscious, as you mentioned yourself. So is that where hypnotherapy comes in? Is it like it sort of helps you to align the two? What is the main sort of, if you were to describe what the main... Uh, all of hypnotherapy is what what is it actually yeah absolutely so our mind's split in two halves our brain is split in two halves our conscious thoughts are saying to ourselves you know I can do this I'm going to be better today I I, I will pass my driving test or I I will ace this interview that's only 10% of our brain so we're trying to logically have this conversation with ourselves but only using that 10% So if you were to have counselling, for example, that would be with that 10% of your brain. And when we're we're deciding what music to listen to, usually it's that 10% of our brain. Okay, I'll just put the radio on. 
Yes. Subconsciously. So if you think that's then 90% of your brain, everything you've ever learned is going on there. So when we're born, the only things we, we, we're born with as far as that's concerned is uh, fear of falling. So not heights, but the sensation of falling. Mm. Um, the fear of loud noises. So even if you know someone's going to, you know, come up behind you and go bang, you, you're still going to yes. react to that. And that would be the fear of heavy metal then, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> When all the pyros go off, we're like, ah! <laughs> too close, my eyelashes are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> A few of these accidents have happened in the past, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's, it's literally this two fears that we have really so we're talking yeah, about and, and, and abandonment yeah. so we want yeah. to be in the tribe we want to feel that connection with people we want to do the right thing we want to be loved so everything else we do in life growing up we learn absolutely everything else so if your mum's afraid of spiders and she screams and goes oh, there's a spider you're going to learn spiders are scary i'm going to be afraid of spiders now it mm. could be something as simple as that Or it could be how a teacher reacts to the fact that you didn't get all your maths answers right, told you off. Therefore, you've learned that maths is, is horrible and you can't do it. You might then go throughout your whole life believing that you're crap at maths. Someone could bully you and, and, and say something about your hair or your body or whatever. And you would go through your whole life believing that you're unattractive. So we don't always know where these thought processes are coming from. We don't know why we feel the way we do. We don't know why we feel down on ourselves or incapable of trying something new. And it's because it's what we've been taught is what we've learned. So all mm -hmm. this is still staying in your subconscious. It just sticks around. And of course, we use the term a lot, but the term triggered, you know, we might watch something on TV or someone might say something to us and immediately it'll make us feel bad inside. We don't know why we feel bad. We don't know why we've reacted angrily to that thing someone said. But your subconscious knows exactly why and where that originally came from. Consciously, with that 10% of our brain, we've no idea. <laughs> Not a clue. So that's why we get cross with ourselves and why am I like this? And we keep going round and round in circles. Yeah. So by accessing what the thoughts are in your subconscious, by asking your subconscious different parts of it to show you where these things originated from, and you can go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, I don't want to be like that anymore. I, I'm going to change because I'm not going to let that, that stupid bully at, at school make me feel this way for the rest of my life there, there are very many different techniques with hypnotherapy I, I, I like to use one that also involves Reiki so it's an energy transference so because a lot of our thoughts and feelings we can't put them into words we can't describe them they just feel like shit they just make us feel crap about ourselves Because the subconscious knows what they are, we don't need to actually speak about them and put any of them, try to put any of them into words, because we can't. There aren't enough words, especially when there's been layers and layers and layers of the same trauma or the same abuse happening over and over and over. There just aren't enough words to describe mm. that level of, of pain and all the thoughts that have been added and growing on top of the original original thing 
So actually with the energy transference, um, with the Reiki, you can actually ask the body, ask the subconscious to release that the physical feelings of that stress, tension, pain and anxiety. So once your body is able to let that go, so you'll notice uh, less pressure in your temples, you'll, you'll notice uh, less pressure and tension in your shoulders, in your spine, it accumulates all sorts of places. Um, we, we quite often suffer from stomach upsets because it's the anxiety trapped in our bodies, all the emotions trapped. They've got nowhere else to go, no other outlet. So it stores in your body and it ends up making us feel heavy, feeling down. <laughs> Can you see what I mean with these words? Feeling crap about ourselves. Yes. So once you've been able to let that go by way of me assisting you to transfer that energy out of you, you'll immediately physically feel lighter, brighter, more energetic, more hopeful. My clients wow. often comment as well about how the world used to seem as though it was in black and white and now it's in colour. And then you go into, you know, the, the, the more cliche things where um, more opportunities arise because you're looking for them. You know, more doors open for you because you're then looking at the positives rather than the negatives all the time what we focus our attention on mm. what some people like to call the law of attraction is yeah is, a little is bit that, like isn't that it? isn't it but it, yeah. but there's something to it I, I definitely believe there's something to that so when yeah. you're not feeling shit about yourself when you're not feeling heavy and down black tar seeping through the walls dark cloud above your head black dog barking at your door then yes, everything seems brighter and more hopeful and opportun more opportunities do and will come your way. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it, to think of it that way? And I had earlier a conversation with a colleague at work about, um, so, about sort of mindset and how what you're describing is a positive mindset, really, but how sometimes people are trapped in exactly the opposite. You know, she was telling me about how she did the training session for people. I'm not going to mention what group of people it was, but she said they actually did a, a bet with the other trainer. How long is it going to take to actually hear something positive from the people in the group? So they were give them suggestions to help them to move on in their lives and to do things better. Basically, I mean, the, the, the bottom line is it took about an hour and 15 minutes for someone in the group to actually say something positive because these people had trained their minds to think negatively about everything. So no matter, even if you were to give them something positive, they were reframing it in a negative way. Yes, but, you know, it was expensive or yeah, okay, it might be that um, I'm better now, but actually it cost me a lot of money or whatever. So do, do you think it, it all comes from here, really, sort of there's a whole decision that you have to take in, in life, that whether to be positive or negative, um, and of course, sometimes unconscious, you don't actually know, you know, you don't do it consciously. But do you actually think when you see sometimes people around who constantly like getting accidents or, uh, you know, they seem to attract all the disasters in the world? Is there something to be said that there's the unconscious kind of self-sabotage in there? Yeah, absolutely. It's like that question, isn't it? If I were to ask you 10 things that you love in this world, where would you be on that list? You know, and and a lot of people don't even think about placing themselves on that list at all. Um, I like to tell my clients that those who are feeling as though they're doing something for everyone else, that they're, they're looking after everybody else but themselves. 
I like to suggest that you, I'm looking at you right now, <laughs> you are the most important person in the world. And you say, no, I'm not, I'm nobody, I'm nothing, I'm not doing anything. You are the most important person in the world because to your loved ones, you are their world. So if anything were to happen to you, where would they be? And as, as parents, especially, we quite often say that we'd do anything for our children. We'd give them the world if we could. We are their world, yet we're ignoring our own thoughts and feelings and mental health, um, putting everyone else before ourselves. If, if we're depressed, if we, if we get burnout, our loved one's world is going to come crumbling down. So therefore, you are the most important person in the world. You've got to look after yourself first. No matter how much as mothers say my children come before me, they can't do. You've got to put your own self first. Well, if you're not if you're not well yourself, you cannot look after others. Yeah. That's what I always think about this thing. So it's all nice and well to say, and it sounds heroic, but the reality is the more practical thing to do is take care of yourself, nourish yeah. yourself, be well yourself, because then... You can give more to others, the, you can help rip, others better. The ripple effect of looking after yourself, your own energy, your own self-esteem is, is astounding. I mean, I've noticed that with my own daughter. So I used to be, like I said, so anxious, I couldn't even go to the supermarket on, on my own. Since turning around my own thoughts and feelings about who I am, what I'm capable of, I've now been able to encourage my children to better themselves, to do more for themselves, to show them the way, to be the leader, show them that it's possible. My daughter's now off at university. Couldn't be more proud of her. I never went to university. I wouldn't have dared go to university. <laughs> so, you know, it is that ripple effect of if, if you improve how you feel about yourself, you pass that on to the others around you and they then believe in themselves. So like I was saying about if your mum's scared of spiders, she passes that on to you that you've it's the same principle, you've no idea why you're afraid of spiders. You just are. You know, you've got this embedded deep core belief that spiders are scary because you learned that from, from your parent. So as a parent, to be able to flip that around and, and give literally give our children the world, that that's just I can't think of anything more magical. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a great way of, um, of of looking at things as well. I mean, it's it's a responsibility, but it's also a gift, isn't it? Because, like you say, it makes you so proud as a mom now to actually mm. see your daughter thriving and doing, you know, doing things that she wants. Yeah, to, to be, be that doing. circle breaker, to be to be the one who stood up and said, "No, I'm not passing on my insecurities to my children. I'm not doing yeah. it." You know. I'm not blaming anyone's parents or even my own for passing on what they did. Everyone does the best they can with what, with what they've got. But I decided to make that conscious choice, that conscious decision that I was going to change how I felt about myself. And I didn't know at the time, to be honest with you, that it would have that ripple effect. You know, this is in hindsight, this is what happened. But it's, it's now beautiful that I can share this to others. Look, this is what happens when you are the one that stands up and says, I'm putting a stop to this. No more. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, and, and speaking about change, and hypnotherapy is obviously about um, about change, really, people who want to change and we're ready to change. Would you say it's, I mean, definitely, we know it's effective with things, very specific things like phobias, as you mentioned, because mm-hmm. it's used the whole time. I know people who, all they're doing is helping people to stop smoking and they seem to have a yeah. um, you know, great, um, you know, good, great success in that, just doing that, really. And is hypnotherapy also suitable would you say for more complex stuff, let's say we talk about mindset a lot, would it help for someone to change the mindset just with, with um, you know, a number of hypnotherapy sessions? Is that something that is a, a side effect that comes after a period of time, as happened with yourself, where you realized after a while, well, actually, I'm a changed person now? Yeah, it, it, it's not a magic wand. You wake up the next morning and everything's magical and different. I wish it was. That would be fantastic. That would be nice. <laughs> but it, but it, it does take, you know, time for you to gradually build up. If, if we've spent years and years believing negative things about ourselves, it's not necessarily going to take years and years to change that round, but it is going to take time to build your confidence and build that self-esteem. Um it depends on each individual, to be honest with you. I mean, complex trauma issues could take an, all manner of different sessions. They really could. But equally, I could cure you of your, your fight, spider phobia in minutes, depending on how, you know, how, why that, that phobia or equally that trauma got there. So, yes, um, we're talking about mindset and self-esteem. That, that's what I focus on with my clients. That's what I love to work with. Um, and not necessarily just your stereotypical weight loss and smoking and that sort of thing. The thing is, the issue is never the issue. I was going to say, so, it's not just yeah. about that usually, is it? No. So being overweight or smoking or drinking or gambling, whatever whatever it is that's a symptom of the issue so imagine that symptom as a brick in a wall if you were to just knock that top brick off the top of the wall the rest of the wall is still going to be there yeah that's just a symptom it's just the top brick it's the top layer with the techniques I use will knock out a brick in the middle of the wall give it a wobble then we'll go down to the foundation of that wall and take some of the bricks out of that foundation once the foundational bricks have been toppled the whole rest of the wall falls over yeah so by dealing with the reason why you like to eat excessively why you're quite happy sitting there eating a whole packet of biscuits instead of just one um why you drink so much, why you shop so much, why you gamble so much, you know, if that, if that, if that is your issue, just dealing with that isn't going to knock over the whole wall. There's a reason underneath as to why you need that to comfort you, as to why that drinks your comfort blanket, as to why you're so anxious you can't go to the supermarket on your own. As to why you don't believe you'll ever amount to anything and you're no good to anybody. What's the core reason? That's what we deal with in your subconscious. And it's beautiful and it's fascinating. I, I just find it so fascinating. A lot of people are scared to open that can of worms. They are. They do not want to go there. 
They're afraid of what's going to be dug up. Yeah. If I was, imagine this, if you had a real tapeworm in your body, you'd be, yeah, you'd be like, that's great, get it out. And you'd go to the hospital and you'd have an operation and you would want this tapeworm taking out of your body. Yeah, with our thoughts, feelings and emotions, imagine those as worms in your body wiggling around, making you feel crap about yourself. Why are we protecting them? Why are we leaving them in there? Why don't we want anyone to discover them and take them out? Good question, yeah. <laughs> My theory is, open the can, let the buggers out, for God's sake. <laughs> You're going to feel so much better, believe me. Yeah. You know, the, these, these thoughts, feelings that we have that we don't want to unleash, we don't want to discover, they're always there every single day. You're carrying them around with you every single day and they're having an effect on your decisions big or small about your life they're they're the things that are you know why is life always on my back you know why does everything go wrong it's those bastard ones (laughs) let them out (laughs) so how would you do that i mean i'm just curious in a a sort of context of hypnotherapy how would you open that lid because you like you say you talk directly to the unconscious isn't it you wouldn't necessarily ask a direct question tell me about your trauma or about your past how would you handle no well there's so many different techniques costa so um one of one of them is yeah it's called parts therapy and you can actually talk to the part of your subconscious that's in charge of protecting you and looking after you that doesn't want to open this can of worms Mm -hmm. and almost negotiate with it and say well Thank you for for looking after you for so long. You've done such a fantastic job of keeping you safe. Look, you've survived 100% of your days. You're amazing. You're brilliant. But did you know that if you were to find another way of helping Costas, you'd not only still feel safe, but you'd be able to do that X, Y, Z thing that you secretly really wish you could actually do. How about that? Does that sound good? Now, 99% of the time, the subconscious is going to go, yeah, please, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> okay? Absolutely. So we go, okay, what, what would you come up with? We're talking to the subconscious as though it's the third person here. What would you come up with to suggest you could do to help Costas feel better about himself tomorrow? And it would go, oh, actually, yeah, I could do that, or I could do that, or I could stop doing that. It's like, okay. Why don't, why don't we try one of those things? How would that feel? Now, because the mind is scared of the unknown, we actually give it the opportunity to have a look and see mm. what would that look like then? How would that feel? What would you be able to do if? And it goes, it's, it's almost like peeking through a curtain. Oh, well, if I could do this, that would be great. So what you're doing there is you're actually creating a brand new neural pathway in the brain that it had previously gone on. I'll never be able to do that. That's impossible. That's not for me. I can't do that. We're actually creating that neural pathway of opportunity to say, yeah, but have a look at this. And then, like I say, because the the mind then feels safe with the known, it goes, yeah, I've seen that, haven't I? Okay, that's not scary. That's actually fantastic. Yeah, let's do that. So that, that's, you know, a basic outline of how it works. Um, another metaphor to use would be like to imagine, imagine you're stood 
um, in front of a field of really long, tall grass, taller than you. And you need to get from A, where you are now, to B. You need to deal with this situation. So to get from A to B, you push the grass aside, either side of you, a bit like we're going on a bear hunt. You know? so, you, so you squash this grass aside and you walk through the middle of this field. And you've created that neural pathway by doing that. Once you get to um, point B, you're like, mm, yeah, the, well, that, that wasn't so great. That was okay, whatever. When you're faced with that situation again, say you're always nervous about going on a driving test, for example. You need to get from A to B, but that journey through the grass is, was really nerve wracking. And you cock up because you were so nervous. Next driving lesson, shit, I'm gonna cock up again because I cocked up last time. See what you're doing to yourself though. And the brain is so lazy, it's like, yeah, but that's the pathway through the grass. Look, we've already created that pathway. That's the pathway we need to go. Even though I'm gonna feel nervous, even though I'm gonna cock up, there's the path. There's the path, this is the way we're going. So this could be any situation or scenario. You then squash this grass aside so much, there's just a muddy track down the middle. And this, your belief process is then, well, this is who I am. This is how I behave. This is what's gonna happen. Because the brain likes the known. It goes, oh, okay, well, this is what's gonna happen. Don't like it, it sucks, but this is, this is just me. It's just tough. It's just who I am can't help it nothing I can do about it this is the way so I would come along and stand with you in a session metaphorically <laughs> and say okay that's the way you used to go but how about now we have a look and see what would be through the grass this way because the brain's forgotten that it's just grass you can just push it aside so we go on a new bear hunt together down through this other field and have a look down there and see what's the other side of that. What we're doing is we're pushing aside the grass and creating a new pathway. We get to point B of that field and go, oh, wow, this is fantastic. This feels amazing. If I go this way, I'll pass my driving test and I'll feel absolutely fantastic about myself. I'll feel confident. I'll feel self-assured. I'll remember everything I've ever been taught and need to do. This is going to be great. Next driving lesson, you've got a choice. It's your choice, your brain. Are you gonna go down the pathway you used to go down where you're nervous and you're gonna cock up or you've now got a fork in the road? Are you gonna go down this new way that we've already created that you've already had a glimpse of looking into? You're gonna choose to go down that way, aren't you? Because that way is brilliant. You're going to choose to go that way. You know what's down there. You're going to pass your driving test. <laughs> so you go down that way. And it's fantastic. And because your brain loves to know what's going to happen and your brain wants you to feel happy, it's going to choose to go that way. And it does. That and hooray, hooray, you pass your driving test. Next time you go out in your car even after you've passed your test you're going to love driving you're going to feel fantastic about it you're going to be a confident good driver and that is what we what we said earlier the sort of this whole idea that just because you've done things like that in the past doesn't mean that you doesn't mean have, you have to continue to like to because 
you can actually very quickly learn to do things in a different way with some guidance as you just yeah. described yourself. And and actually then that becomes then the, the, the good habit. That where becomes you who you are, what you naturally you. think and feel about yourself. It's exactly the brand new you. So when we're yeah. talking about our confidence and our self-belief and our self-esteem, the more times you go down this new pathway, that, that's your new neural pathway. That becomes the new you, who you are. It was then easy for me to go to the supermarket on my own. Doesn't bother me at all. Don't even think about it. You know, I used to have cold sweats running backwards and forwards to the toilet before I go, panic attacks in the middle of the aisle, dumping my trolley and running off home again. Now I just pick up my keys, walk out the door, go and get the shopping, come home again. Don't even bat an eyelid. Amazing. And what a transformation. But that's a new you now, right? Yeah. So that's that's who you are now. You mm-hmm. don't you're not the anxious person anymore. You're not the person who is crippled by anxiety you the opposite you are a confident person who does mm-hmm. the things that she likes to do so and I can still remember how I used to be how I used to feel it doesn't scrub your memories you don't forget who you were you almost become more proud of yourself for how far you've come because you remember the old you and and I look upon the old me with with compassion and also I look at the old me and and say Fuck yeah, girl. Well done you for doing something about it because God knows where you'd be if you'd have carried on like that. God knows where you'd have ended up. I don't even like, you know, can't even bear to think about what I'd be doing now, how miserable I'd be feeling now if I'd have just carried on feeling that way about myself. Didn't even bear thinking about. Well, there's, so, a, there's a powerful lesson there as well in what you say, isn't it? In, in accepting, not rejecting your own self just because you're now different doesn't mean that you know, your old self should be rejected because, mm. in fact, it is the old self that decided to... Yeah, to and I love her, and, 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 it's, and it's the old me, um, in a way, I'm reaching out to help, mm. you know, to, to, to be that person. I can help you. Look, look, at, look at what you can achieve by doing this. You know, no one showed me hypnotherapy or told me, this is, these are the amazing effects. They had it done, you know, I'd have done more of it and been there like a shot. <laughs> It's, it just so happens that I stumbled across it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm here to say, everybody, it's amazing. It's like this hidden secret nobody's telling you about. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, it, it is because I mean, people know it as a show thing, isn't it? Like you mentioned mm. earlier, it's like, um, you know, let's do something funny, hypnotize people and make them do something. That, that seems to be the in people's sort of consciousness what hypnotherapy is about and actually hypnotherapy is actually the, the way you mention it and you describe it is about transformation really it's about helping yeah, you really to is. become a, a much better version of yourself and to solve your issues and your problems really that you struggle with right now so you can get a more fulfilling a happy healthy wealthy whatever you mm-hmm. want to achieve life really in the future yeah definitely i i don't know about the stage stuff see for me because um i suffered a lot of bullying at school and so you know, the teasing and the laughing at people. When it comes to the stage stuff, I'm a little bit against it, to be honest. I shouldn't be as a, as a hypnotherapist, but I'm a little bit against the stage yeah, stuff. I don't really, good. I don't like the idea of um, that form of entertainment. Yeah. Um, but, but as a therapy in a therapeutic setting, it's a beautiful, amazing thing. It really, really yeah. is. And I can really hear the passion that you're talking about that in the same way that... Um, you were talking about heavy metal earlier, so mm. metal and hypnotherapy are your two main so, passions. So how I combine these together for myself, and, and this this was the, um, 
initial premise of unmosh your mind is um, throughout learning hypnotherapy and my Reiki, I discovered meditation. Now, I don't mind the twiddly D elevator music that usually goes with meditation, but for me, metal music is where is my escapism. It's where I just drift off into this dreamy, gorgeous space, you know, and you feel that beat, the beat of the bass drum through your chest, and I just kind of go all a bit wobbly inside. <laughs> so um, I, I actually meditate to metal music. And that's where it kind of, I had this epiphany. We went to see a, a band at the Royal Albert Hall. We went to see Alter Bridge with a parallax orchestra. Mm. Oh my God, just saying it then, I just brought it all back. So full orchestra, I can't remember, over how many pieces? Hundreds, 100 piece orchestra with the band live on stage in the Royal Albert Hall with the songs you know and love the metal music being enhanced by all beautiful strings. And, oh, it's just absolutely melted me. Absolutely, I was a mess. And I thought to myself, do you know what? There is nothing else like that on earth where you can feel that amazing about yourself deep within. Now, I'd already started my hypnotherapy training at this point, and I was like, this is what it feels like when you have hypnotherapy and you're gifted the new neural pathways of that self-belief, that invincibility, that you are whole, that you can achieve absolutely anything, that you are the most important person in the world. The, the sensation of that music and the sensation you get from hypnotherapy to believe in yourself that much just exploded in my brain and I was like wow metal music is so spiritual and gives you life deep within and so does hypnotherapy my god <laughs> this is amazing absolutely phenomenal feelings that you can you can feel that amazing about yourself not just at a concert for a couple of hours and then go home and remember it but but lose it hypnotherapy you get to keep it deep within you forever and get to change how you live your life and how you feel about yourself and what you can accomplish it's just phenomenal yeah yeah so, I mean, you you mentioned the word metal meditation. I think, I don't know if you mentioned it. I don't remember if it was now or earlier that I read in mm. one of your posts. Um, so is it like, I mean, if we were to think about that, would it be the same thing as meditation without metal music, but replaced by metal music? Or is there something? Yeah, that's pretty much about? it. So I, I, I yeah. think meditating is is... It can be hard if you don't know how to do it. It's, it's difficult. It's weird if you've never done it before. Um, but if you are a music fan already, I bet you already meditate. I bet you already do it without even realizing that that's what you're doing. It's where you just disappear into the music. And, and everything that's been on your mind, everything that's been pissing you off, you're just able to release it and let it go just by listening to the music. We all do it as metal, as music metal fans. Um, 
Now, which metal you like and enjoy listening to, that's personal choice. So it is a case of just being present with your favorite band, your favorite song or songs. So as a client, would I choose my music? So, yeah. So if we were, I mean, I don't do this with all my clients, only the special ones. Um, yes, it would be your song of choice. It's got to resonate with you for you. There's no point me inflicting <laughs> Nightwish upon you if you don't like them. You know, <laughs> as, as the client, it would have to be your choice. It would have to resonate with you and be your favorite music. So, yeah, we'd definitely do that. Mm, that's very intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> Metal and the hypnotherapy, what can go wrong? Nothing. I know. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it was an absolute um, lovely conversation, Rose, and um, I'm very, very glad to have had you on the show today. Thank you I'm very much. I'm really excited to have had this opportunity to just say everything I love, and talk about the metal and the hypnotherapy, and just it's been wonderful to talk about it. And I hope more people hear about, about it as well, because it's such a great combination. I know a lot of, I mean, I agree with you, both in how you define the metal community and also about the power of hypnotherapy, you know, um, having some um, knowledge about it myself as an NLP master practitioner. Mm -hmm. um, and I think combining the two, like you said, it gives fireworks in it. It's spark, <laughs> I can almost see it sparking like it. <laughs> I mean, it must be you know, absolutely amazing. So I guess people who are intrigued by what they hear, how can they contact you? What's the best way for them to find you online? Um, do you yeah, have a website? The, the best way to find me is simply on Facebook. Just look for Ros Knox. I write all sorts of things in my feed. And there's also always ways there of how to work with me and links to click to find me and get together on Zoom. So once a month, I do a group Zoom hypnosis session. It's um, different dates each month. It's just whenever I decide that, you know, it feels right to do it. Um, but the dates will always be up in advance as to when they are. Um, that's probably, you know, a good way to start off. Is to, if you're um, not too sure about investing in yourself, just come and have a go. It's only a, an, only a fraction of the price to come and join in the group. So that's always fun. Um, I do one-off, one-hour sessions. So they're really good for these fears and phobias, um, perhaps the driving test nerves, that sort of thing. If, if you need something like, shit, I've got a dentist appointment next week and I'm petrified of dentists, what shall I do? You know, this would be a really good chance for you just to come and have a one-off opportunity to work with me for that when it comes to the deeper stuff with the the self-esteem and the self-belief like I was saying about getting down to those foundational bricks that's my four session program that's my unwash your mind program and we go through all sorts of various different techniques over four weeks and really work together on a more um, deeper level to find out what it is your mind is trying to tell you the anxiety we feel is you know the mind letting you know there's a problem and we're so used to pushing that aside this is the opportunity for you to actually listen and find out what it is your mind is asking of you and and granting that to it, it it's a it's a beautiful series of of sessions where we go through absolutely everything through you know I say your mind body and your soul you know it connects everything all wraps it up with a bow in one go it's wonderful so yeah look look for me on Facebook's probably the best way 
of um, finding out how we can work together. It'll all be on Zoom, so it's wherever you are in the world, we'll connect any time zone um, within reason. Yeah, location doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore, does it? Nowadays, like, we all go to Brilliant, it's amazing. I was worried initially because I, I used to see clients face to face. I did think, oh, this isn't going to work online. This will be really weird. But actually, I found it really not only just the same with the energy of talking to somebody, you know, like we are now, it's, it's almost the same as, as talking to somebody face to face, isn't it? But the energy still going through the screen when you're talking to that person, there's no difference. There's no difference. And it's actually stronger for the client to be able to relax in their own home, in their own space. Rather than that worry of um, going somewhere for an appointment and, you know, where's the address and leaving more time to get there and that sort of thing. It's literally I can two, see that. two minutes to press a button. Hey, presto. So it's actually I love working on Zoom now. It's marvellous. And I've been able to work with people from all over the world now, not just my local town. So I, I'm, I'm never going back. <laughs> Yeah, well, you can help people, you can reach more people. What else do you want? Absolutely, it? yeah, it's fantastic. Really it's one of the yeah. best things that happened out of it all, to be honest. In a perverse way, it is. The pandemic yeah. has helped us to, to realize just how actually it is possible to do things yeah. online that we deemed impossible before. Exactly. Um, yeah, great. It has been an absolute pleasure, Rose. Thank you very it much. It has. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. You are listening to the How Did They Do It podcast. Do not forget to subscribe by following us on Apple, Spotify or Anchor for weekly conversations with inspirational individuals who found their own freedom by doing the thing they love doing most. And you can also follow me on costasthecoach.com for weekly blog articles that will inspire you to find your passion and purpose in life.